Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're going to rank some quarterbacks because it's Tuesday, June 30th. My goodness, the summer rolling right along. Get closer to the season. We think there'll be one. Uh, and if you like what we're doing here in podcast form, you can also check us out in video form. That's right. You can watch the Pick 6 Podcast, almost every show, I think, on YouTube. If you love seeing me unshowered in gray t-shirts, go subscribe to the Pick 6 Podcast on YouTube. We don't have a direct link for it right now, um, but Pick 6 Pod, at Pick 6 Pod on Twitter has tweeted it out. It's it's weird. It's convoluted, but long story short, there's a channel inside of the CBS Sports YouTube account, and then you have to go and click on something there. So just go to the Twitter page. You can see it on mine, too. Click on that and hit subscribe if you if you appreciate this podcast, even if you don't want to watch the YouTubes. Hit the subscribe button anyway, because if we bump up our subscriber numbers, then the boss people will be like, oh, they're so awesome. They're so great. Let's uh, let's make sure and give them more money and, and all that stuff um, or, or not. But either way, we'd like to get you subscribed. So go ahead and do that. Uh, appreciate it. You can still, by the way, so you're subscribing, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, you can ask us any question. You can say something nice about the podcast or just ask us questions and we will answer them as part of our mailbag Monday series that rolls right along. It can be a question about, um, you know, you can ask me, uh, elite, like, you know, maybe like a, I'm a former paralegal. Maybe I could answer a legal question for you. Um, or, uh, Sean Wagner could answer a, uh, you know, band musical question for you. John Breach could do a parenting question. Ryan Wilson could answer a hair plugs question. Anything you want. Let us know. Uh, maybe it's related to football more than likely. In the meantime, let's get to our quarterbacks podcast today. You can check out in the feed offensive lineman with uh, Tyler Sully Sullivan, along with uh, some Cam Newton talk that came out on Monday afternoon. And uh, we have a mailbag that came out Monday morning. We also have a Cam Newton to the Patriots emergency podcast. And uh, we'll be doing rankings over the next couple of weeks today. It's all quarterbacks. Sean Wagner McGough, who ranked top 10 NFL quarterbacks you can read the article in the episode description. We linked it up in there. You can see it on CBSSports.com. It's from last week. Sean, how you doing? It's actually from two weeks ago, and I know you're thinking of, like, people don't care anymore. I will let you know I'm still getting replies and mentions on Twitter from people upset about certain quarterbacks that I may have left off the list. Uh, for instance, Aaron Rodgers did not make your list. I think people who listen to this podcast probably, if you would have said Sean's ranking 10 quarterbacks, and to be clear, this isn't like all-time rankings. These are just for the 2020 season. I actually think most think listeners would guess. Thing, that's the thing that's lost in this exercise is that and when we do these HQ graphics and they get tweeted out and people get all hot and bothered about it, it's for 2020. It's that's not it. For, that's, what, that's what Sully and I were talking about. It's like he has Trent Williams on his list. Everybody's mad about it, but it's for 2020. Like this is where we think they'll be. In 2020, what you're saying is you think Aaron Rodgers will no longer be a top 10 quarterback in the 2020 season, correct? Yeah, because he wasn't a top 10 quarterback in 2019 or in 2018. So, okay. like, um, and the other thing I would mention is that. How close was he to making the list? He would have been 11th or 12th. Like, Matt Ryan, I felt uh, bad about leaving off as well. So I think What? He didn't even make miss the cut on my, on my rundown here. Matt Ryan's not a top 10 quarterback? Um, I don't think, I thought he was on the fringes last year. I mean, in part of this is it's, it's helpful that every week during the season, I ranked quarterbacks, um, power ranking style every, every single week throughout the season. So Matt Ryan always, what's up? 
Oh, took you, the job over for me. Appreciate. I it. don't think I took it. I think you abandoned. I said I'm it. not doing that anymore. This sucks because you have to do it every week, and you have to. Like, and and I never say no, so they went to me. And it's something that sounds fun, and then you realize you have to go watch every single quarterback play in some fashion. Um, and when you're stuck watching, like I don't want to try, like Josh Allen and Sam Darnold when they have bad stretches to play, that's not fun. But I will say for Matt Ryan and both uh, Aaron Rodgers, they were constantly like bouncing between like eight and twelve. Usually, so like I, I think you could sneak them in at ten. But again, this is a projection for the upcoming season. And the other one I would say that I did not like leaving off is Kirk Cousins, uh, because I feel like me and you, Will, we probably are bigger on him than a lot of like common fans. I would say I, I think he's pretty big average, on the internet. Average. Don't say common. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know I mean? I'm just telling you, I would, I would, I would refrain from using the word common. To do, but many of the common fans. <laughs> I, I think there's like an online community that really likes Kirk Cousins because he's very good statistically. And I'm saying the people who aren't on Twitter all day, like reading stat threads, are probably a bit lower on him because he hasn't really won anything. Um, but I thought he had an incredible season. And if they had kept Diggs, I probably would have kept him on that list. But there's just a lot of turnover. That I, and not to mention he lost his offensive coordinator. That and, I and they like to run the ball. They're gonna pound, they're gonna pound the rock a ton. And so like you know, Kirk, Kirk. I think Kirk has a very fine margin for error because the Vikings are not putting their foot on the gas and trying to blow people out and run up the score. So like if if they're losing the game, a lot of times just put on him. They they want to establish a run with Dalvin Cook. I mean that's just how Mike Zimmer is. And so sure, I I don't have a problem with it necessarily. Um, Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo, two younger quarterbacks who got left off. Kyler, I'm surprised by. If you're doing it for 2020, I, I, I think I probably would have found a way to get him in there, but maybe that's more of a commentary on the state of the quarterback position. I think if you were to tell me at the end of the season, Kyler Murray will be the 10th best quarterback in football, I would have been shocked. Uh, but there's still a lot of projection involved in that. Like for as good as he was and impressive as he was, I don't think he was a top 12 quarterback last year. It's probably closer towards the middle of the pack, which for a rookie on a bad team that we saw Josh Rosen not be able to do anything on, that's really good. For me, I feel like if I was making this list uh, a year from now, that's probably when I would put Kyler Murray in the top 10. I, I think I need to see a little bit more. And there's still concerns about the offensive line. Um, and let's not forget, too, they play in a really tough division. Yeah, and I also think that if you were doing this list in like 27, like let's say that you took Kyler Murray, and you transported him back three years or something, and you were doing it in 2017, you're, he's more likely to make the top half of the list. That makes sense? No. Why is that? Well, I just think that um, the quarterback position is, like, very – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. I, no, I agree with that. And, um, and, the other, and, like, and, again, I know we keep reiterating it's for 2020, but, like, if you were doing top ten quarterbacks that you would draft in the NFL right now – Obviously, like Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow would both be on the list, and they would be very high. So, like, I mean, just searching, doing, sorting the 2017 season by approximate value for quarterbacks, just to you know be very because I don't want to do passing yards or whatever. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady one, Alex Smith two, Drew Brees three, Russell Wilson four, Jared Goff five, Cam Newton six, Ryan Matt Ryan seven, Case Keenum eight, Dak Prescott nine, Ben Roethlisberger ten. Like, I, I'm not saying Kyler Murray would have been. Crack that list. I'll, my point is just that I think that the quarterback position, because Tom Brady, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, all these older guys are still playing at a high level at the end of their careers, and you also have a bunch of younger quarterbacks developing, it makes it really difficult. If you're not a top-ten quarterback, that's not an insult. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why whenever I say Aaron Rodgers is maybe now the 11th or 12th best quarterback in football, that doesn't mean he's bad. And maybe to your point five years ago, if you were even the 16th best quarterback in football, you, that, that means you're probably not winning that many games. I think there are probably like 20 good enough quarterbacks right now in the NFL. And maybe that's just because of the way the rules have changed and the emphasis has slid to passing. And we do see guys with more inflated numbers because they're throwing bubble screens and, you know, those push passes coming on the backfield. But I really do think the state of quarterback play is probably at its best that we've ever seen it. Because as you said, you have these old generation that's still productive. And we already know who the next generation is going to be. We already have Mahomes. We already have Lamar. Russell Wilson is only 30 or 31. Um, and now we have Kyler and we have Joe Burrow, who I think we would project to be top 10 quarterbacks in the next couple of years. Exactly. That's sort of my point is that there's a lot of really good quarterbacks. So let's get to the list. Oh, actually, before we do that, uh, who is, uh, do you think Kyler's the best chance to make a leap out of somebody who missed onto the top 10 when you do this list again next year? 
Kyler or Jimmy? And a lot of it for Jimmy is uh, Kyle Shannon. It's just like I, I can see was it. sleeping on Jimmy G's. Like, he came off an ACL last year. Like it's he- his first full season as a starter, and he took his team to the Super Bowl. And I know everyone's going to say, well, he played with that defense. There were games in the second half of that year that he played lights out football. Uh, and, yes, he did not play well in the Super Bowl um, and had a chance to go win that game. But it's funny because if he makes that throw to Sanders at the end, <laughs> like we're not – like people are mad I don't put him on this list if he wins the Super Bowl with that throw. If he makes that throw to Sanders, I mean, it's like did Patrick Mahomes play very well in the Super Bowl? You know, exactly. I mean, that's that's the question we'd be asking. Exactly. Well, we'd be doing the whole like Lamar dialogue, like can Mahomes win big games? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I I mean it's irrelevant because the drumbeat is kind of quiet on that for Lamar this year, which is surprising considering they've lost two. He's lost two straight playoffs. Breach Breach points it out. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's like people aren't like I would. I was expecting a lot more this offseason. Maybe it's the pandemic that's kind of quelling that. I don't know. I don't think Mahomes we would have been burying it just because you go AFC Championship game into Super Bowl. Even if you like, it's a like, progression. Right. But it would be like, uh, you know, Andy Reid. Uh, you're still a lot more comfortable with them winning several now versus before. All right, so let's get to the list at number ten. Mm. Ben Roethlisberger, a bit of a surprise because Big Ben. Blew out his elbow last year, come back from major, somewhere between minor and major elbow surgery, arm surgery. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think I'd rather bet on Kyler Murray making a leap than Ben Roethlisberger being healthy. Yeah. He was the toughest one to grade. And it, I didn't, so I didn't flirt with the idea of Kyler. I flirted with the idea of Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers at 10. Right. Uh, there's just there's a lot of uncertainty with Big Ben. You mentioned the the elbow surgery. We've all seen the beard. Uh, we've all read that Jay Glazer snippet in the Athletic about his workout regimen involving like beer and golf. I think I will never judge his workout. Regimen. <laughs> um, and look, the last time he played, he had Antonio Brown. Um, he doesn't have Antonio Brown. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster took a step back, but I also think there's a lot there around him still. With Juju, who I would chalk up his struggles being about the quarterback play, Deontay Johnson had, I thought, a pretty phenomenal rookie season based off what we expected heading into the year. James Washington, I think we we made fun of Ryan a couple years ago for always saying that was his guy, but he took a step forward last year and had a career high in yards. I I think Eric Ebron even was like a decent, why not, uh, short-term, low-risk signing who is another weapon for them out of tight end. And the offensive line is still good. And the last time we saw Big Ben, 2018, I'm not counting his very brief 2019 season, he threw for f- over 5,000 yards, 34 touchdowns. And he was eighth in DVOA that year, fourth in total QBR. So I, it comes down to betting on his health, I think, because I don't think he's really shown signs of diminishing. It's all about the elbow. And I would rather give him the benefit of the doubt just because of how good his resume is. And you're going to see other veteran quarterbacks on this list get the benefit of the doubt, even if they're coming off disappointing seasons. All right, so I would I would rather have Matt Ryan than Ben Roethlisberger. I think there's a much better like if we're talking like who's going to be an All Pro slash MVP in 2020, there's a way better chance that it's Matt Ryan than Ben Roethlisberger, just because of the injury history and the age and the weapons around like Julio and Calvin Ridley. We know that defense is probably going to be bad. I think the Steelers might try to run the ball a lot more in, in 2020 than they did. Now maybe look, maybe he's good, Big Ben. You know, who, I mean. He can bounce back and be great. I, I don't know. I just think your margin for error is substantially wider with Big Ben than even Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan. Yeah, so my problem with Matt Ryan is I actually thought he showed some signs of diminishing last year. And this is the same Aaron Rodgers type of argument when I say maybe he's the 12th or 13th best quarterback in football right now. doesn't mean he's bad. It's just we're so used to him being – and look, I, I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan and – um, I think even his 2017 season, because of the way it ended in that 28-3 Super Bowl, gets kind of overlooked for how incredible it was, including the playoff run. Like, if you factor in his entire playoff run, it's one of the best all-time playoff runs um, that we've ever seen. So I, I am a Matt Ryan apologist. I think he sometimes gets a bad rap. But he took a step back last year. Uh, you know, advanced metrics paint him as the 14th best quarterback in all three that I, that I cite, DVOA, DYAR, and QBR. He was 14th. And so... Big Ben could go either way. You could tell me he's going to be the 25th best quarterback next year, and I I would believe you because of the elbow. Um, and you could tell me he's the fifth best quarterback next year, and I would believe you. So for me, I was worried about Matt Ryan's trajectory, and I was willing to gamble that if Big Ben is, in fact, healthy, he's almost always a top-10 quarterback. Okay, that's fair enough. Maybe even more controversial, at number nine, the GOAT, Tom Brady. 
So is it controversial because he's ninth, or is it controversial that he's in the top ten whatsoever? Because I can see it going either way. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm. Do you remember like five years ago when Sam Monson wrote for PFF, uh, wrote for ESPN Plus? When PFF was like part of ESPN Plus, and he was like, Tom Brady's like it's like Tom Brady's done, <laughs> and Tom Brady won. Like he went to three more Super Bowls. Um, I just don't. I don't have any interest in being part of the. I betting against Tom Brady. So you think it's too low? Mm, not in the context of the other guys around him and how he played last year, but I didn't think he was that bad last year. I thought I thought people overrated how bad he was last year. Because so, he had any weapons. And now he's going to a, a guy who's gonna let they're gonna run I think they're gonna run a aggressive offense and he's gonna let him chunk it down the field and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk and OJ Howard. I mean, they're loaded on offense. I just don't, I think, I think Brady could have a monster year. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I think there should be more people outraged that I put him on the list entirely because he was not close to being a top 10 quarterback last year. Again, doesn't mean he was bad. We just said, if you're the 20th best quarterback, that's probably good enough right now in the landscape of quarterbacks in the NFL. He was a very average quarterback. Uh, if you look at all the metrics, just right in the middle, that doesn't well, mean he was bad. Yeah, that doesn't mean he was bad. It just means he wasn't the Tom Brady we were used to. And like you, I am gambling on a resurgence because I don't, I think you just look at that Patriots offense. You say, where was he throwing the ball outside of Julian Edelman? We talked on this podcast on so many Sundays that they, you know, they were taking deep shots to Julian Edelman 20 yards downfield. And that's just like, that's, that was never Julian Edelman's game. That's supposed to be Gronk running up the scene and, and Edelman tra- trailing underneath. And they're complete. And look, they lost their fullback and you know, they probably entered that season wanting to run the ball a ton, and they just got decimated up front with their run run blockers. So I don't look at that seat of last year saying Tom Brady's washed. I look at it as he's 43, going to be 43 years old. Obviously, at the stage of his career, he can't do everything by himself. He's no longer Superman. And I think he he's getting that in, in Tampa Bay. I mean, we all know the supporting cast right now. We all know it's Bruce Arians. And so I'm counting a bounce back, and that's why he's in the top 10. But I don't think I could put him over the – quarterbacks that follow i think the highest you could argue reasonably him going is is seven i think and i have him at nine so i think you could yeah, argue I think you go six but yeah that's fine i mean i i don't i don't have a i i think you go five i think you go as high as five but that is that is pushing it and you are um the, the issue if you went five you would i don't think you'd catch any flack because people would be like ah, eh, it's tom brady you can put him wherever you want as long as he's not like ahead of mahomes and lamar but you would also get, like, I don't think you get, I don't think you get any pushback either way. So, like, you would, people would be like, well, that's Tom Brady. And even if he had a bad year, nobody would be like, oh, look at this clown who ranked Brady fifth. Um, I'm okay. Nine's okay. Unless you have questions about Carson Wentz, who's eighth. And Matthew, Very, Stafford, Matthew Stafford seventh. Yeah. The Wentz stuff is pretty similar to like the Brady stuff in terms of what did he have around him last year. And I think that's, you're, you're giving Wentz a bit of a pass. Because we talked about how they had to throw to Greg Ward and Matt Collins were out there and playing, you know, meaningful snaps. And he still had a pretty good season despite all of the turmoil around him. And I thought that was important. I think he, a lot of like Brady, he barely cracked four thousand passing yards in sixteen games. It's kind of crazy. Twenty seven touchdowns, seven picks for for Wentz. I mean, statistically the worst year since his rookie season. Yeah, 6.7 yards per attempt, which is pretty alarmingly low that you would not like to see. But I also think, again, you look at the supporting cast and you look at his protection last year, which struggled at times, and I think it was actually all in all a decent season considering the circumstances. And look, again, because this is for 2020 – I like what the Eagles did in the offseason and, you know, drafting a wide receiver right away in the first round. Had the draft we thought the Packers would have. Um, I actually like the Marquise Goodwin trade because it gives them a little bit of Deshaun Jackson insurance. And Deshaun Jackson has been very off injured, not to mention Alshon Jeffrey has been too. And he was very cheap. It, they still have both tight ends around, assuming the one that got punched is okay. Um, so I, I, the I think one who got punched, which one got punched? Dallas oh, Goddard. Yeah. Zach Ertz is out there being a, Good Christian young man hanging out with Julia and like watching World Cup soccer. Dallas Goddard's out here getting su- sucker punched at bars. Was he in a bar? I, I think so. I don't think you could say he's a he's a bad person. I know. I'm just Thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, getting getting sucker punched. Not a, he was not a good Christian by getting punched sucker punched by someone. I just meant I, I didn't. That came out probably wrong. I, what I meant was that like Zach Hurts is like I think he's like very wholesome. Yes. Well, yes. 
Uh, I wasn't saying Dallas Goddard's not wholesome. I love Dallas Goddard. <laughs> you <laughs> By the way, did uh, when did Deshaun Jackson get hurt last year, Diva? Uh, during the first week, but he only played the two, two weeks, tried to come back, and then it right. did not work. Well, I was going to say, I think back to that first game. And granted, Washington's secondary trash, but like the Eagles got down big in week one to the, the Redskins, and then Wentz was just throwing bombs in the second half to Deshaun Jackson. They went 32-27, completes almost 72% of his passes, 313 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, eight, eight yards per attempt. It's like, all right, if that's going to be Carson Wentz, and I think that might be what they were going for uh, this year. The Eagles, if you look at their uh, you know, receivers last year, it was Zach Ertz first, Dallas Goddard second, um, uh, Miles Sanders third in terms of yardage, and then Alshon Jeffrey. And so, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey was the leading receiver on the team, yeah. and he played in well, how many? Like nine or ten games? Yeah, it, it just wasn't. Uh, he played in ten. 43 catches on 73 targets. Cool. <laughs> Uh, it just wasn't conducive for a great season from Wentz. Like they needed to just sort of hunker down and shield Capadia. Uh, we talked about that on the podcast. It's like they haven't had anything. Like the offense hasn't been that explosive, exciting offense that we we expected from Doug Peterson. And I think that's why they wanted to go out and get Jalen Rager and, and Marquis Goodwin. To your point, they they like. I think Wentz has. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm I'm pro Wentz. I'm not like you know Dan Orlovsky or anything. But I think like Wentz has. What's has the upside to be a top five quarterback after 2020? Right? Yeah. You could argue that he should be like right there with Dak play similarly. Um, and well, you mentioned that week one game. Uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson had nine targets in that game. Eight, he caught eight of them for 154 yards and two touchdowns, 19 yards per catch. Like I, like I don't think we should, as you're saying, um, and he finished the year with nine options. catches and 159 yards. <laughs> like, like it, that it was, it was really nice to have him early on, and then it just didn't develop. And I think they they realized they need that deep threat to be to have that deep threat so they can go out in like 12 personnel and pound the ball and and hit dump passes to Miles Sanders and, and feed Ertz and Goddard and not be just you know like like teams are just stacking the box because they're not worried about them taking over the top. Like you have to have that deep threat. Uh, Matthew Stafford at seven. Controversial. I know this one. Is Maybe I don't think so. I mean, you're ignoring most of his – he's not been, I would say, a top-10 quarterback per season for most of his career. Yes, he has a lot of, like, I feel like, like he's been a top-10 quarterback for, like, the last 10 years. Like, but, like, 10th. Sure. Okay. Um, I think there are a lot of people that take issue with me having him above, like, people like Wenso and Brady and even Big Ben. I think if I put him at 10th, I would get a lot less pushback because I got a lot of pushback on this one. And I get it because I'm going off half a season and it's a small sample. Players get hot, quarterbacks get hot, um, and they have good eight games and then they kind of fall apart over the rest of the year. This happens. So I look, I admit there's a chance I'm dead wrong on this. And Matthew Stafford goes back to being the 15th best quarterback in football, which again is still pretty good. He was so good though this past season in eight games that I couldn't overlook that. And I think a lot of it has to do with the change in offensive systems. And I was one of those people that bought into Jim Bob Cooter when he was there right away. And they had that year where they were like losing a lot of games and Stafford, I think broke the single season record for like fourth quarter comebacks that was set by Peyton Manning. And I remember Stafford was like, getting, uh, was that 16? Um, and when Jim Bob Cooter came in, he really limited Stafford's ability to go downfield. And at first it was like, okay, uh, you're taking away all the bad interceptions that Stafford is known to throw. Uh, which was a good thing. But I think over time you realize that you just kind of have to accept the mistakes with Stafford because he's going to do enough good things when he pushes the ball downfield. And now he has Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay where it's like, he's got the guys that he wants to chuck it deep who can go win those jump balls that he likes throwing. And in eight games, he was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions. If he finishes out that season at the pace, I don't think this is nearly as controversial. And you might be too low if he finished out the season at that pace. Right, exactly. 1,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 10 picks. And there are a lot of people that are coming after me and saying, well, like, quarterback wins, right? And, like, the Lions were so bad last year. Yes, they were so bad. They went 3-4-1 and one with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, though, and they didn't win another game. And they, and they should have been 5-0 and oh to start the season. Exactly. So they – I mean, and even if they were 3-4-1, they finished out with that pace, that they win seven games, no one is going, you know, nuts on Matthew Stafford for only winning seven games with a terrible Lions defense. So, I, I mean, I really think – 
again, if you project out the whole year, he was a top five quarterback last year, and then suddenly I'm I'm ranking him too low. So I guess I buy. It's funny, Daryl Bevel's like reputation post Super Bowl it was so low, and like he, before then he was getting head coaching interviews, and we we're yeah. talking about is he going to leave? And one now it seems play. like one play exactly, and now it seems that like he is being avoided, like in terms of all those interviews. And I, to be honest, completely forgot he was on Detroit last year. I was, you know, it was, it wasn't. You think about about how Russ Russell operated in in Seattle. I mean, they want to run the ball and then take deep play action shots. And I don't know. There's a better Russell's a better play action passer, but like, I don't know. There's a better thrower of the football in the NFL than Matthew Stafford. Like he can make like any throw on any platform. But the, the Jabroni Eagles fan who's like, there's two people on earth who can make this throw. Carson Wentz. It's like Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz. It's like, uh, yeah, okay. Have you heard of Matthew Stafford? Like he can make, he can absolutely make that throw. There's probably a Debo burner for all we know. Um, would Debo, would you take Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz for 2020? Wentz. I mean, like, it's hard to argue with it. Like, I think uh, no, it wouldn't surprise me if Wentz is significantly better than Stafford because, again, if I was basing this off of Stafford's entire career, he would not be sniffing the top ten. I would put him somewhere in the middle. Um, just to illustrate, somewhere in the last five or six years, Matthew Stafford matured mentally to the point that he now operates an offense in a way that we didn't think we would see him operate back when he was just piling up. You know, like when he threw for 5,000 passing yards in his third season, I, I almost think Matthew Stafford has completely entered the realm of underrated borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. It'll be, I mean, if he continues at this pace, uh, five or six more years, he's getting in. He's going to have the cumulative numbers to absolutely have that argument. The only argument against him will be at any point in his career. Was he really a top ten, top five quarterback? And well, you just did now. Yes, I mean this past season. Yes, but it was eight. But it was eight. But it was eight games. Um, and so I mean I agree with you. I think you can kind of see when it happened, probably around 2013 or 14. And I agree. He went from being like the guy overrated uh, because of his stats, and then everyone knew that. So then everyone's like, oh, he just piles up garbage time stats. That now we always dismiss any good statistical season from him as, oh, this guy is the garbage time king. Um, so, so yeah, I agree with you. And I think real quick to illustrate the change in the Lions' offensive philosophy that has really helped Stafford. In 2017, he was averaging eight air yards per attempt. 2018, it was down to seven, which was the sixth lowest average. Um, this last year, he averaged 10.7 air yards per attempt. At the time, he got hurt. Only Jameis Winston, who we all know likes to bomb the ball downfield, average more air yards per attempt. They completely shifted up. He went from one of the short best, one of the most frequent short ball throwers to one of the frequent deep ball throwers. I mean, Matthew Stafford has like 25% of all Lions double digit win seasons. Yes. I mean, I, if you want to tell me Matthew Stafford's underappreciated now, I buy it. And I think if he were, it was like three years ago, two years ago, we were talking about how bad that contract is. And maybe in the context of the Lions, like just not being ready to win right now, it is not a good contract because it didn't fit their timeline. But if you release Matthew Stafford right now, there are a lot of teams that would want him as an upgrade over there. Sam Newton's getting cut and Bill Belichick's signing Matthew Stafford. Exactly. I mean, right? I mean, I, I yeah, would... I, th- I think I would rather have Matthew Stafford than Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton, if even if he had been signed by the Patriots before I did this list, would not be on the top 10 or not be yeah. under. Yeah, I have no idea if he's going to be healthy. And Matthew Stafford has some red flags there too, but I, f- I feel like he can be a little bit confident. Uh, number six. Well, 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 Sean Watson. Yeah, I I really feel like there's an argument to be made. He's top five. I don't feel comfortable removing any of the people in the top five. And I think the argument overall would be, I don't, can I spoil who's fifth? Um, sure. He was nodding. So fifth is Dak Prescott. And I was I could not decide between the order of those two whether I have Dak at six or Stafford or uh, Watson at five or vice versa. I eventually landed on Deshaun Watson at six, largely because of the supporting cast. And I think Dak is just set up so much more right now to put up big numbers than Deshaun Watson, who every single week is going to be scrambling behind that line of scrimmage, lost obviously his best receiver, and has to deal with a coach who I think is going to run the ball into the line of scrimmage <laughs> on first down therefore setting up second and third and long and therefore putting Watson in those bad situations. I don't think his receiving corpse is like bad. I actually think that's something that's being like 
kind of overlooked. Like I thought the Randall Cobb signing was actually pretty good. Yes. Compared to the Deandre Hopkins trade, every receiver you acquire is going to be compared to Deandre Hopkins and be like, look at this downgrade. But I think you can win with Kenny Stills with um, Randall Cobb. And if Brandon cooks is healthy, a big, if you can win with that receiving group, but oh, no, it's, it's not, it's not as bad. It's that they traded away Deandre Hopkins. Yeah, exactly. It's like every move is compared to yeah. the horrible move they made. Yeah. I just think Dak is set up right now to have a bigger statistical type of season than Deshaun Watson. Watson has to do everything himself, and he can do that. He's proven it repeatedly. I always say that, and Ryan makes fun of me for saying the Texans can make the playoffs. I, I think they can make the playoffs because it's, they it's have ridiculous. He makes fun of you for that. They could easily they they go to the playoffs every year. Like they exactly. feel like can't. He's like a playoff zombie. He's like, like, oh, you want to see me go to the playoffs without DeAndre Hopkins? Watch. You want to see me go with Brock Osweiler? Watch. Brian Hoyer? Watch. I mean, like, exactly. They'll, they'll win. And there's expanded playoffs. It's ridiculous. And said. two years ago, yes, he had Hopkins, but he had the league's worst offensive line, which is now better. It's no longer probably as bad as it was two years ago. He's done this repeatedly, but when you start to look at who Dak has around him, and a lot of this is predicated on the fact that they got C.D. Lamb in the, in the draft when they weren't planning on it, um, to pair with Gallup and Amari Cooper, I just it, it's hard for me to expect Dak to have a worse season than um, – than Watson in 2020. Now, if you wanted to argue, if you were drafting these quarterbacks, you take Watson over Dak. I would, I would buy that. Maybe. I, I don't think. I don't think it's a stretch to say that either Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott could be number two on this list next year. Like that's not crazy. I don't think either one of them's leapfrogging. I mean, not to spoil, but I mean, like Patrick Mahomes. You're probably not leapfrogging Patrick Mahomes if Sean's doing the list, and probably not if I'm doing the list. But like, I don't think it would be crazy if Dak had just this. Like, all, like what happens if? Mike McCarthy's just 20% better than Jason Garrett. You know, like Dak could have a monster year. What if he's 40% better? Than, you know, what if he's 60? Who knows? Like we'll see. And, and it could be like where it takes Dak a little bit to get going and Watson comes out of the gates hot because maybe he's used to his receivers. But again, he's getting, you know, Cooks is new. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I, – I don't have a problem with either one of them there. I would almost argue they're a little bit lower than I thought that they would be. Uh, I like the idea of Dak winning MVP, but, you know, We'll take a break, and we'll find out who's ahead of them coming up next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so here's sort of my beef, Sean. I talked about, you know, Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson could have been higher. Uh, maybe ahead of Drew Brees. What is Drew Brees doing at fourth? And Tom Brady ninth? He had definitely taken Bree, Brady over Brees over Brady in 2020? Absolutely. I'm not even hesitating to do this. I think for as much attention as Tom Brady has gotten for aging remarkably well, which he has, Drew Brees has aged just as well, if not better. And I would say compared to just last season, Drew Brees is aging far better. Um, he, 74% of his passes again. Uh, and look, it was 74% of his slants to Michael Thomas were complete. 
Okay. It's an effective way to move the ball downfield. He only played in 11 games, so it's really tough to, like, look at his season-long statistics. Um, And it doesn't cut as nicely as Stafford's halfway point where you just, like, double all the numbers. But if you look at his rate statistics, I'm talking about, like, yards per attempt, completion percentage, uh, passer rating, touchdown percent, they were all, like, among career best, if not career best. And, look, a lot of that is that he has Michael Thomas that he gets to throw to. But guess what? Michael Thomas is still there. The offensive line is still there. Um, Emmanuel Sanders got signed, which I feel like is a move that flies under the radar a bit. Like yeah, we, so, yeah, not enough people are talking about it. We made a big deal when he got traded to the 49ers. I was like, oh, this is exactly what the Super Bowl caliber team needs to get them over the top. This, to me, is the exact same kind of move, and I think he fits exactly like their possession passing game, if that makes sense, with Michael Thomas. It fits really well with Emmanuel Sanders. I think he can do a lot of similar things in the offense. Way, takes it, I mean, like, just to, not to – Sanders thinks takes away a big important piece from the 49ers, in my opinion. Like now all of a sudden that depth chart with Debo Samuel banged up. It's like that's, but that's a big, that's a big thing in the NFC where, you know, it could come down to half a game on who gets the, the buy. And, and I, and I think if you, if I was making this list a year ago, I think Breeze would have been further down because he really fell off after Thanksgiving in 2018. And whether it was due to injury or aging, it was concerning because of how old he is. And that's why it was so, it was such a relief to see how well he played last year. And maybe, you know, maybe the thumb injury actually helps because he gets to stay healthy and then finish the season strong uh, after he takes five weeks off. But he showed no real signs of diminishing. I know people are going to point to, well, they lost in the playoffs to Kirk Cousins at home. And, you know, that's a sign that Breeze is losing something. I mean, the Saints have lost, been losing playoff games for, <laughs> for a lot of many years in devastating fashion. And I don't think that is a reflection on Drew Breeze. I think it's a reflection that they've had some pretty bad luck in the playoffs, you know, from the non-call to the, uh, Minneapolis miracle that I think things could, they're, they, they, they're consistently always winning what 10, 11, 12 games. They're always in the playoffs. I really think eventually things are finally going to break their way. Well, and I mean, I, so the, they had the two, seven and the three, seven and nine years from 2014 yeah, yeah. to 2016. And then the, then the draft with Kamara and Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, it's rebooted everything. And they've gone 11, uh, 13 and see, 11 and five, 13 and Three, thirteen, and three. So I mean, like this, it does. It does feel like there's enough consistency there where they'll be playing very well. I do wonder though, like, what if if Drew Brees hadn't hurt his hand, would he have played as well down the stretch last year? I mean, that's just an unanswerable question. But when you just look at what he put on film and the stats he put up in those eleven games, there were zero signs. Um, that he is aging and about to fall off the cliff the same. We've been doing this with Tom Brady for years, right? You just mentioned how like five years ago, it's like at some point these guys have to decline and they have, and a lot of evidence suggests that when all these all time greats do decline, it's not the slow, steady, um, they get slowly worse and worse. It's just, they suddenly fall off a cliff. We haven't seen evidence of that from, from Drew Brees yet. Yeah. That, look, he he's led the league in completion percentage. Each of the last three years, he almost broke his own record from last year. Did somebody else break it? Am I crazy? He Is still has it, right? Yeah, completion percentage. I think he still has it. Yeah, seventy-four point four. I thought he broke it again last year. Anyway, um, he he's shattering records. He's playing at a very high level. I I think he, I think I'd probably flip him, and I would slide him below Dak and Deshaun for twenty twenty. If it were so, me. you think he, there is going to be a drop off? Yes. But you also talk about continuity in this offseason mattering so much more, and they have complete continuity. I, I'm not saying the Saints will be bad. I'm saying I think that I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tried to run the ball a lot more, or just try to like play you know play like possession and play defense. Like I, they, they've they've stopped airing it out, and Drew Brees just doesn't take as many deep shots as he used to. So it's not. I don't think that the offense is quite as explosive as it used to be, but they're still really really good. And Brees is maybe the most accurate quarterback in NFL history in terms of his production, like everything that he's done with his volume and his, and his accuracy. It's look, I'm not, I'm not trying to dog the saints. Saints are good. When's the last time he's had a bad season? Uh, it, it, it's like truly remarkable. Like, like when you actually, you <laughs> exactly. Like it's just, I think he's a really safe bet. And like, I feel confident that look, okay. At worst, maybe he does I guess, I guess what I'm quarterback. I think his ceiling is capped for 2020. Like in 2018, he only th- he didn't even break 4,000 passing yards. 
And then he got hurt last year. He didn't well, break- uh, I mean, he sat out week 17 because they had the playoffs. That's All I'm saying is that I think that his – He was eight yards short, and he missed the final game the rest of the playoffs. I don't think that's – Kind of surprising they, they didn't put him out there for, like, one pass. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think that I, – I, I just think – I don't think that the ceiling is there for a 5,000-yard passing season. And that's okay. Sure. But he's not going to throw many interceptions. No, he's going no, to throw I, between 25 and 30 touchdowns. He's going to complete 74% of his passes and throw for somewhere around 4,000 4, yards. If I if it were my list, I would anticipate that Dak and Deshaun outplay Drew Brees in 2020. Maybe okay. and And I don't th- – ooh, I, I would I, – I mean, I would just much rather bet on Drew, Drew Brees. I would have found a way to clump Brees and Brady together. Ah, uh, see, yes. I mean, I just, I just think that – Breeze has not had that season Brady just had. And, yes, I, no, he hasn't had that week. Brady's season was literally better, but sure, whatever. Brady's season was better than Breeze's? Statistically. Breeze got hurt. Okay. I think the thumb injury helped him because he had to sit out five weeks, and so he didn't have, you know, an extra 300 passing attempts on his arm when he came back. He was he looked sharp down the stretch, whereas he hadn't the year before. I My concern is, like, how will Breeze, if Breeze plays 16 games or 15 games, how will he look after Thanksgiving? Because he hadn't looked great in the playoffs, and now last year was more like he was getting pressured by the the by Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin. I get it. I'm just saying that's a red flag for me. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I I think he's just a really safe bet. And because I when again, when's the last time he's had a bad season? It's been more than a decade. Sure, he's older. But look, if you want to tell me Dak Prescott's going to have more passing yards, more passing touchdowns. Uh, than Drew Brees, I, I'm not going to call you crazy. I think it's certainly within the realm of possibility. At the end of the day, we're talking about you would slide Brees split, like I mean, four to six. I would slide Brady up to seven and slide Brees down to six and be like, and have a category like the old dudes. You know yeah. what I mean? And like one yeah. of those guys probably going to drop off at some point, and maybe it's not this year, but that's just how I would do it. I, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with Brees at four. Uh, Russell Wilson at three, I might have a problem with that. He might be too low. Yeah. Um, I. So I have Lamar at two, and, you know, th- that was – I think you can flip it. It just was about giving Lamar the respect for the MVP season. Um, that, by the way, Russ has never had. I'm not saying that's Russ's fault, but uh, Lamar in his first full season as a starter has won an MVP, and Russell Wilson has not. He has 50 and, more MVP votes than Russell Wilson in their careers. And, I look, Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower in football, and I think if you were to put him – with Harbaugh or with Reed, the two quarterbacks above above him have those two coaches. I think he could possibly want be one or two. Certainly would be two. But a lot of this is look if people are going to judge this list a year from now and like tag me on Twitter and at me and say look how wrong you were. I would rather bet on the good quarterback that has a Harbaugh than I would the quarterback that has Pete Carroll. And I and, uh, Pete Carroll's one of the ten best coaches in football, but he his. The way he wants to play offensive football does not lend itself to Russell Wilson's skill set very well. Well, uh, I, I would I would push back on that just a slight bit in that I think the way that they want to play football, in fact, leans into Russell Wilson's skill set because he's such a great play-action passer and such a great deep ball thrower, and that Russell Wilson is the best in, in the NFL at conjuring up magic and pulling a rabbit out of his hat. Or was it a – what was the line? Is it rabbit out of the hat? Was it rabbit out of foot? Line when he was like, I'm going to pull a rabbit a f- rabbit out of my foot or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, Russ is great at pulling a rabbit out of his foot uh, late in games. Like, that's his, one of his great skill sets. And Pete Carroll's dumb offensive philosophy allows him, like, sets him up in a way that he has to do that. I, I, I agree with you in the sense that if you put Russ with Andy Reid, Russell is having monster, monster years. And he's running no huddle and he's doof, 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 and he's, he's slinging the ball and he's great. So, I mean, like, I don't disagree with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Russell won MVP this year, though. If the Seahawks defense takes another step back and the run game isn't very good, he just has to carry them. Yeah, the problem with also with the Seahawks is they are for for the MVP thing to happen, uh, they have to survive a really tough division. I don't. I would say the 49ers are probably a better are are a better team. I wouldn't say probably. Sure. I think they are a better team from top to bottom than the Seahawks. And we talked about the Rams or we talked about the Cardinals. That the Seahawks he needs Russell Russ needs help. This, this year, uh, because he had absolutely none a year ago and he somehow dragged them to within a yard of the division title, um, which was pretty unbelievable given how bad the team around him was. Um, 
and so that's and then that's why I have him ranked third. And if you want to swap Lamar and Russ, I think that would be completely valid. Um, but jumping to Lamar here because the two are tied together, um, there's I think there's a lot of belief that because he stumbled at the end in the playoffs, that now there's like this book out on him and teams are going to be able to stop what the Ravens want to do. I I would present saying that there's a potential competing argument, which is that this was his first full season as, as an NFL quarterback. And um, the criticisms of him or the concerns about him, it has more to do with him throwing the ball like a pocket quarterback. Um, in his first full season, he led the league in touchdown passes. And so I think there's this idea that, yes, teams now have Ravens offense on film. What happens that Lamar, though, you know, is going to get better and learn the nuances of the position because he's going to get more experience. It's like how Patrick Mahomes talked about how Nick, now he can fully read defenses now. And he threw for 55,000 yards and 50 touchdowns without being able to do that. And so I think these quarterbacks, maybe they take a step back statistically um, because it's really hard to do what they did in those MVP seasons. But I actually think they're going to keep getting better as throwers of the football because they're so young and because, you know, guys get better as they see more and more different defenses against them. So that's what I would say. And the Ravens did not lose anyone this offseason. We talked about how that maybe puts them as the offseason winner. They did not lose Greg Roman. Uh, And I think Greg Roman is going to continue to innovate his offense um, as defenses in turn adjusted what they saw in 2019. And the other thing too with that, the the Titans game, it's like, hey, they lost in the first round. It's like, well, first of all, if we're going to talk about teams losing in the first round of the playoffs – I think that we should make sure to clarify that the Ravens got a bye. It's like the Ravens didn't have to play in the first round of the playoffs. They had to play in the second round of the playoffs. They were so good in the regular season, they didn't have a first-round game. It kind of feels like cheating not to give them a little something there. Secondly, Dean Pease, the Titans' defensive coordinator, is the same guy who shut down Greg Roman's San Francisco 49ers team in the Super Bowl when they had Colin Kaepernick when Pease was with the Ravens uh, versus – the, um, you know, versus the, the 49ers. So like, and the 49ers would eventually come back in that game. He had a good, he had a great blueprint for it. They got a lead. The Ravens didn't convert some fourth downs and eventually the Titans just had a, had a big lead. The Ravens had to pass a ton to pull it off. That's not how they want to operate. So I don't get too worked up about that. I think, I think Lamar Jackson is a special, unique talent. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've uh, echoed a point you made on this podcast, Sean, that they got really fortunate in the coaching carousel because they have continuity on offense and defense. Uh, Marquise Brown is going to take a step forward. I think you have tons. I mean, just so many weapons there now. Uh, yeah, I, I look Lamar Jackson. You can make, you can make a case for Lamar Jackson one. I wouldn't do it, but given the season he's coming off of, you can make a case for doing it. Obviously, I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and it almost feels like I love Patrick Mahomes. It almost feels redundant because whenever I rank quarterbacks, he's always at the top of the list. And now it, it just feels redundant whenever you have to mention every single thing that he's done because everyone knows about 2018, the second quarterback in NFL history to do the 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns to win MVP. And we spent a lot, we spent all offseason talking about regression. And sure enough, it did come for him now just, you know, with the injury where he missed nearly three full games. And, you know, you did see his, you know, his touchdown percentage come back down to earth because it was shockingly high that allowed him to get the 50 touchdowns. But he, I think what goes overlooked is what he got better at. And that was cutting his interception rate in half. Cause I actually remember we spent a part of the offseason talking about football outsiders lists of adjusted interceptions. And now Mahomes, I think had the second most or the most dropped interceptions in his 2018 season. He dropped his interception rate from 2.1% to 1%. And so if you have Patrick Mahomes' big play ability where every single play, it's like, you know, it's like Steph Curry coming up the court. He can launch from anywhere and get three points, and you just don't know when it's coming, but it's a threat every single time he touches the ball. That's what Mahomes does uh, when he plays quarterback. And if you are eliminating the mistakes that you associate with quarterbacks like that who are constantly – pushing the ball downfield and trying to generate big plays. You normally see a lot of interceptions. If he's going to throw an interception on 1% of his passes, I, I don't, I really don't know how you stop him. Yeah. I, I, that was the thing. And it stinks. You guys get all the credit for the chief picking the chiefs before the season, but I was, I mean, I was slamming the table 
at down down the stretch of last year. I mean, we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, was, as soon as it was clear the Chiefs were going to make the playoffs, and Mahomes' injury wasn't as serious as feared. Well, no, when they were six to one, I was like, "Look, if they could sneak in and get the two seed, all of a sudden you got you're cooking with gas." And either way, I mean, Mahomes was playing so well on a week to week basis, and the stats weren't there, and people weren't really noticing. That's why the Chiefs were six to one because Kansas City wasn't blowing people like they were blowing people out of the water. And they were playing good defense, and Mahomes wasn't having to put up these monster stats week in and week out. They were pulling away and running the ball, and it was snow games and all that. He clearly had just taken another step forward in Andy Reid's offense. And that's the crazy thing about Patrick Mahomes. There's more upside. Like, he's, he's he hadn't even played two full seasons as a starter. Like, the, what if he unlocks another level in the third year? It's terrifying to think about what he could do, and that's why he's the MVP favorite. That's why the Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorite, and that's why uh, he is a number one on this list. And to be perfectly frank, I mean, what's – if you had to guess right now, assuming full health, what do you think the next – at what point in time would you, would, you be, would you take him off this list? Like 2026? I mean, like like – I mean, I mean, how many how many years until you feel comfortable? You know what I mean? Like, like, what does Lamar Jackson have to do to 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 get the number one spot? He just had a historically great MVP season. Almost nothing. Like Mahomes would have to get hurt because yeah, if, if we're talking about how he's going to or age, Andy Reid retires. Yeah, I, yeah, Reid retiring would be a little bit concerned, but maybe the Chiefs get. I mean, I don't think Andy Reid's considering retirement in the exactly. next couple of years. He just got Patrick Mahomes. Like he's not going to leave right after he gets. He wastes his entire career for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to try um, to win five more Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I th- I like you think about Patrick Mahomes. What he's done in his first two years. Um, the state of the quarterback position where all these other great quarterbacks are going to be retired. Like Brady's nine on here. Brady's not taking one back from it at any point in time, right? That's, that ship has sailed. Uh, Rogers not taking one back from him. You know, so your challenges are like Lamar, Russ, Dak, Deshaun. I mean, it will take an injury for Mahomes to get knocked off one for the next five years. Like, I mean, there's just nobody else you would even consider taking. But I mean, to your point, Lamar just had an incredible record setting MVP season that we've never seen before. Mahomes missed three games and I still have Mahomes won and no one was yelling about how, you know what I mean? I had a lot of mentions of people getting mad about placement of quarterbacks. Not a single person was complaining that Mahomes was one. So Lamar could do what he did. Lamar to three then to one. I mean, it's like, that's how crazy it is. Lamar could have the identical season. Mahomes could get hurt in week one and miss the full year. And I think, I could still put Mahomes at one a year from now for the 2021 season, and I don't think you would even get that much backlash. I, it's just so universally accepted right now that he is the best player in the sport, regardless of position. And like he is, if you were to build a quarterback from scratch, like your dream fi- fantasy quarterback, he would be it. And yeah. everyone agrees with that. I think. I'm, uh, I'm with you. All right, that's the list. Anything else we got to add to that, uh, to that list, Sean? Good job. Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button. Talk to you guys later. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.